0: Hello, you guys. Exciting. Tracy is getting us set up. And so then all I have to do is log in. Hello, hello. Oh, so we're still doing the Instagram live. Okay, yeah. Doing <laughs> the Instagram. Is this going to work? Okay, probably? yeah. <laughs> or can you hear it? I just started thinking, oh, no. Um,
1: we're, we're trying something new, y'all. So we're going to see if it's going to Maybe
0: turn the volume down. So like, do you oh, you, yeah, yeah. I need to stuff. turn my mute. And it I,
1: on I think mute. it'll still pick up to. the audio. We're trying something new, y'all. So we're going to So I need to turn it on mute or. It oh, um, sorry, It's getting the it's reverb, reverb from that. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see, let's see. Does it work now? I think so. I
0: think so. Is anyone here? I think as long as we, you turned your volume down on the, the Zoom thing. Okay, I think okay. this is good. Let us know.
1: Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what the, I haven't seen that effect. Hey, I haven't seen that either. Okay, y'all, okay, we trying some, we're trying something new here, so... I wanted to make sure y'all can hear us. Can y'all hear us? Let us know, please. Um, no, can you hear us?
0: I think they can, because I can only hear you here. I turned you down the other place. I just want to make sure there's not like an echo or something funky. Okay, yes, we got a yes.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So how is everyone doing today? So good. Good. Awesome, they can hear us. Okay, guys. So I'm so excited about today's topic. If you saw my video yesterday, this is where it's coming from. And the reality is, I didn't give yesterday a title, but our title is our stroke community is not just stroke survivors, but it is our caretakers and our loved ones as well. And when you think about that, you should really get a light bulb over your head and says, Yes, our stroke community. As the person actually survived, our loved ones are survivors as well, because they have a child, they have a loved one, they have a spouse, they have a significant other that survived. So as we are working on us as survivors healing, the caregivers are trying to heal at the same time, but we forget about them (laughs) and literally took a four-hour conversation with a stroke survivor and... Caretakers trying to figure out what does life look like now, in spite of, hey, my loved one is alive. I don't know how to comprehend with my loved one. I don't know what they're feeling. I don't know how to react to their good days, how to react to their bad days, how to react to these spastic emotions. The roller coaster of the unknown really has them in an unknown situation as trying to figure out how do we cope with life now? So with that being said, I want us to really sit with that and think about that because even having this conversation with this young lady, I never thought about it myself. And it's so much when you think about it and it, and it just really just frightens up your mind to say, hey, we're struggling as the survivor. And I'm saying we're, we're struggling as the survivor. Our frust- So that's another reason it takes me to why I say our attitude, I understand we're frustrated, but we need to back that up because as we are struggling, our loved ones that are one, choosing to take care of us, two, maybe in a situation that they have no choice on the end of you could be a spouse, there's frustration with them. We're frustrated because we're trying to get well. They're frustrated because they want us to get well. And then think about they don't understand what we're really going through. As you, stroke survivor, are trying to work on healing, your caretaker is trying to work on the best way to figure out how to love and how to take care of you. So that's where it comes in. Hey, we need these conversations to say, hey, we all need support. How should this be done? And when I say, how should this be done? I'm going to first speak on the end of the stroke survivor, and then we'll touch base on our caretakers. So on the stroke survivor, y'all, I talk about our attitudes all the time. (laughs) I talk about these attitudes because it means so much. Yes, you are. Yes, we are frustrated. For one, because, hey, now we were an adult, and now we have this childlike mentality that we have to adapt to. We have this childlike mentality, but we also have this unknown. What does that mean? How are we supposed to react with that? How are we supposed to figure out life when we cannot do anything? So in one part, our brain is telling us we are a baby. The other part, when we look in the mirror, we're like, I was just an adult yesterday or prior to your stroke, you were an adult. You were likely independent doing all the things you wanted to do and had possibly no cares in the world because you could figure it all out. And now we're in a situation that, hey, we can't figure anything out on our own. We have to now rely on someone else to help us figure it out. But when I say to help us figure out, we already can't figure out what's going on in our mind because we've had a brain disconnect. And with that brain disconnect, it now had, has us, it's better ways to use, better terms to use, but I'm going to say in a delusional state of mind because our brain is trying to heal. Our brain has already disowned one half of our body. So as we're trying to heal mentally, physically, we got a whole another issue that we're dealing with because we're like, I'm working on the healing over here. But then when I look in the mirror, who's going to help me heal my mind? to what I see physically what I see physically of this person in this body that I don't recognize. So that may send you into a situation that you're like, okay, I don't know how to control these emotions. And that may be the first one that says, Hey, now I have an attitude with the world. I have an attitude because of my situation. I have an attitude because I don't know because I don't know means I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know how, my loved ones really feel how they're going to react because when we could actually go back and say, nobody signed up for this. You didn't sign up for this. Your caretaker didn't sign up for this. So that's on one end. So I'm gonna step aside from there now and say for my caregivers, you're looking at us with the unknown. Hey, are they happy? I want them to be happy. They're not communicating. I don't know how to communicate to them. Do they really understand me as I'm trying to communicate to them? They have this blank stare. They have no emotion, or they have an extreme outburst of emotions. So it's all of these things that are going on through the caretaker's head, trying to get to one thing and say, "Hey, how can I help you?" And it's a problem if there is no communication with us as the child survivor and. I mean your loved one. So that right there is going to be our number one barrier because there may not be based off your speech level, you're dealing with aphasia, you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with at that time. You may not know how to communicate. And then it takes you to the point as your caretakers now says, Hey, I have a blank stare as I'm communicating to them. Am I hurting them? Am I not doing enough? Or are they just not comprehending? So I'm going and I and it sounds like I'm repeating this, and I am purposely because. I really want us to think about that, like who is there to help the caretaker figure out how to care for the stroke survivor with all of these unknown factors that are happening in life. And this is real life situations, like real life, everyday situations. We can get better, but how can we get better if we can't really do it physically on our own? We have to depend on this person that has no knowledge to how to truly care for us. So with that being said, Tony, you know how I always throw things out. I think over the next, I'm going to say two to three weeks, I want us to focus on these conversations of how to truly care for us as caretakers, loved ones, and then we're also working on the stroke survivors, how we respond to our loved ones, how we respond to our caretakers. Let's figure out better ways to communicate. And then I really feel as we're doing this, we'll get more stroke survivors, we'll get more caretakers to chime in to say, hey, I understand how you feel. And these are the frustrations that I have. And this is something that's going to help me be able to take care of my loved ones better. So I really want us to think about that over the next couple of weeks. Like, how can I, as a stroke survivor, try to figure out how to communicate with my loved ones better? And the loved ones, how can I, as a caretaker, really try my best to understand, even though you never, and I'm going to say it as, I'm on both ends. I you would never be able to understand or put yourself and I don't want you to have to ever be in a place of being a strokes of art because it's it's a daunting it's a daunting task you and I must say so with that being said I wanted to start off with just having everybody think of that I'm going to throw the ball to Tani and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this wonderful situation of how this community needs to support both ends well
0: of course It is heightened because we are stroke survivors, okay? So first of all, I try to remind people or like my family, I go, when you're your sickest and you're in pain, how patient and understanding are you? So taking a moment and realizing that, and also on the opposite end, we forget that our loved ones, most of us don't remember, you know, The beginning part. So, you they are traumatized too. They had to watch their loved ones. Some of our families had to make split decision and life, life, life or death decisions. And we weren't privy to that. So, I think it always goes back to the just having more patience with each other and with yourself and realizing the communication is going to be different. Okay. I think. All of us, let me know if you have had this happen. Um, We both talk very fast. I talk extremely fast. The more excited I get, I'm working on it. Um, My grandma made the joke, I thought the stroke was going to slow you down. And then I could at least understand you. Okay. But early, my aphasia was a lot worse. And I know my caretakers, my mom, they wanted to help. And so they see you struggling to find a word, so they want to interject and they want to say it to help you. And I did, I'll be honest. I was like, finally, I spit out, you're cutting me off. Like i I can't think when you yell for me. And I now know, and we've worked on it. I go, I couldn't get things out. And when you're trying to give me suggestions, it disrupts my thought process so much. And then I get so frustrated. I don't even want to try to talk. But in the beginning, I couldn't say all that. And I look back, if my mom could have gone to some lives or community supports and heard other survivors say, I struggled getting my words out too. And I know people thought they were helping But sometimes I wish you would just give me a little bit more time to get it out. And then if I can't, then you can make suggestions. But like at first, let me try. And she saw it as I'm helping you because I don't want you to have to try. And so I think it comes to this part where you have to start. And it changes depending. There were certain things I wanted help with and certain things I didn't. And I will tell you, nine times out of ten, it was a lot of times me learning, and I'm still learning it, to not only ask for help, but accept the help. And it took me explaining the fact that I go, When you get robbed of so much of your independence and you're fighting for every little piece back, it almost becomes a reflex to say, no, I got it. Let me do it. And I've learned to take a moment. And sometimes I say, I got it. And then I go, actually, okay, I don't. And I'm sorry, I do need help. And so I consider that progress and I think looking at it that it's not going to be perfect, even if we all said, because we're all different people, we all don't like to be talked to the same way and maybe not by the same person and not in the same situation. So again, going back to just the more patience to give yourself and the other person has been the most growth we've had.
1: I agree. I'll say that's excellent. And you know what? See, that's why we're such a great duo, because we're going to focus today's topic on patients, patients of a stroke survivor, patients of our caretakers. And that goes hand in hand with the conversation I was having with a family yesterday. And I could see so much frustration. I mean, see, feel, and hear so much frustration, as in when is it? When is it? When is the response? When is she gonna move? When is this? When is that? When is that? And we had to sit back and say, hey, I understand the frustration. For one, I think I, I I was thankful that someone told her to contact me to talk her through this because what turned out at the end, hey, if I have a little more patience, we can see. And I'm gonna just give you a part of that. And I say patience is a great topic because our four-hour conversations yesterday came from patience. And the patient of within the first 45 minutes of me speaking with this young lady, with her loved one, not having any response at all, which I knew she could hear everything. So within 45 minutes started moving to the next 90 minutes, start moving herself up out of the body. So if that isn't patient, up out of the bed, I said up out of the body, up out of the bed. So if that isn't patient, what is that? To the point that the young lady was like, just, hollering of joy like mom you understand you understand everything like wait she's getting up she's so literally i'm gonna give you a part i'm having this conversation with you and i'm talking to uh, the mom the phone is facing the mom and we're facetiming i'm facing her she's looking at me with the blank stare but and the daughter's like she has no uh she just has a blank stare i said no she's listening to everything because i could see her mouth mouth motioning i could see her eyes going up and down so she i told i was telling the daughter she's communicating with me and because i am a stroke of our understanding this is communication this non-communication this non-verbal that's communication baby she's giving you them eyes she is so and i even had to tell her to pay attention to things because when her daughter was saying something and she didn't like she was wrong i said she's communicating look at her eyes so she just gave you her answer with the roll of her eyes so it's situations like that to have a little patience to pay attention to those things But the best part of that patience was as I continued to talk and encourage her, they gave her the strength and the courage to say, I can get up. I can move. I can do this. There's ways to do it. There's ways that we have to work around with figuring out to do it. Because again, the natural mind says, hey, medical term says I'm paralyzed on one side. So paralyzation means you cannot move. You're absent of the body. You have nothing going on. So, but then we have this to remind you, you have one side that works perfectly fine. So we have this one side over here that can move. So because this side doesn't, wait, maybe I'm not Maybe I'm not completely immobile. We're going to utilize this side a little different, a way that I never thought my body should use because naturally our mind says, both sides are supposed to work hand in hand. So if one side doesn't work, that means I can't do anything. But when you take a little time, have a little patience, give them other ways and show them other knowledge and and just give them other examples of, Hey, we can make this work like this. That's patience. So giving her that hope as well, gave her the zeal to pick herself up and say, I can do this. I have a fighting chance. And yes, they told me over here, because you got, you got to understand she has, she's playing with the knowledge over here that the doctor told her. The doctors are the medical advice. They, they they went to school for this. They're the, they're the ones, they're, they're, the, they're the go-to for all. You think you go to that doctor and they're gonna, I gotta listen to them because this is what they said. But wait, we got somebody else to say, hey, <laughs> listen, but God, <laughs> but God, <laughs> but God, because yes, medical terminology and the doctors told us this. Thank you, doctors. Thank you for your medical terminology and your book, Smart Knowledge. But we have living examples here. We have children of God here that says, as long as I give you a breath of life, we can still make change. And so, with that, with just a little patience and understanding of how the body moves and how the body operates, it may not move as perfect. It may not move as it may not move sequentially as we like. But guess what? We're going to use that non effective side. We're going to move one. And then, with that non effective side, get settled in. And we're going to pick up that other side and we're going to move it. So we might do a situation that we end up moving like a robot, but guess what? It works. And guess what? It only works with patience. So with that being said, I mean, when the, the actual survivor had to understand, it takes a little patience for herself because survivor's frustration comes in because says, I want to get up. I want to just get up and move. Why can't I get up and move? One side of your body is paralyzed. So she's frustrated and says, well, let me just lay here. I don't want to do anything now because they said i can't move and then you're thinking about the time frame it's been four months six months a year so i haven't moved in a year because and so now i feel that i can't do anything because the doctor said i can if i don't get in the year so then when you again patience reaching out getting support and getting understanding from someone else again that was in the in her shoes to say hey so we don't have to listen to this or, or or to just give them a piece of hope to say, hey, we can get up and move a little more. We can get up and move in an unconventional way to get up and move. Hey, now that gives us a different type of hope. So it's going to give us that peace of mind and say, hey, it was just me having a little patience, a little patience of reaching out to the right people, patient patience of figuring out there's a community that helps with this, a patience of, hey, let's understand we got to do this together because it's not going to all work hand-in-hand and we got it something sometimes it won't work at all so we just got to put it down and try again a different way so again that goes back to that patience and it's a learning process so that's again why we have to support this community in the hope of stroke survivors and a caretaker because again patience y'all can get us so far and with the little patience here today and tomorrow we look down the road and that's progression that we never even thought we would have so, yes, it's a beautiful thing at the end of the day, y'all. So patience, patience, patience with the frustration to from ourselves as stroke survivors. Patience with the frustration from our caretakers of not knowing. And as Tani said, they're taking a minute for them to understand and be able to get words out of their mouth. Have a little patience. They're, they're, they're picking up things. They're picking up. They can understand body language. If you pay attention to their body language, you can understand that they're giving you cues. They're, they can even tell you that they're uncomfortable. They can tell you when it's happy times. All of these things. Have a little patience and say, hey, I, I and I understand it's already hard work, y'all. So now we asking you we asking you to do a little more work, <laughs> have a little more patience with us while we're trying to figure this out. Just And I'm just going to ask y'all to have a little more patience with us, y'all. And with ourselves, like I love Lindsay.
0: Yeah, or if you do say the word, and it brought up, and I said, in the point that I, in the beginning, I wanted to get that back. I wanted to work that, and now I've gotten to a point where I realize if I don't figure out the word in a couple seconds, it's not there. So I just go, ah, whatever, and I let people guess, or I just say, oh, it doesn't matter. And that is so much progress because I used to, like I said, I would either snap or I would cry or I would say nothing. And so to see the progression of having patience with myself, which it's not easy. And so we are not saying, you know, it's practice. And that's what I've just, I feel every year. And so I love that you talked about, it takes I always say it might not look the way you wanted and it might not take the time you wanted it to, but where there's a will, there is a way. I've seen some amazing things two, three, four, ten 10 years out. So if it's important to you putting the time and the effort into that and the support it does, if you, you know, wanting to swim in a mermaid tail, not all my family was super supportive of it, at first, but it was something that I worked on and found joy in. And it was a fun way for me to do something physical that wasn't like anything I could ever do. So I can't compare it to how it was before. Um, so like working out, I'm excited to do... Asked Tracy. Definitely, she is very inspiring. And I can tell you, I've lifted more of the weights being around you because I'm like, okay, she's got Bluey over there. She's doing it. I have no excuses.
1: That is excellent. I'm excited, y'all. We can listen. That's going to be another part we're going to start doing. Tony is going on a working out journey. <laughs> so I'm going to say she probably didn't fully commit to that. But since I'm throwing her out here today, I'm like, <laughs> I'm throwing her out here. I'm throwing her out here alive. So that may be something else we'll add to this Tawny and Tracy adventure of Tawny getting into weightlifting. I can't say that Tracy can get into this mermaid thing.
0: Oh, I even if it's just for the pictures, you know, when we like and there will be one of these times. I'm not saying the next time we meet, but one of these times okay. I will get you in a full mermaid tail. We will sit next to each other in mermaid tails.
1: You and- know what? Tony, that's that's going to be our that's going to be our next photo shoot. We're going to do the. Mermaid t- <laughs> We're gonna do the mermaid to listen a little patience, y'all, because I know we're gonna to have to have patience. If you think I can get into a mermaid, tail. I don't even understand how she's balancing on that, y'all. But again, as we're talking about this patience, she's picked up, she's figured out a piece of patience for her patience and love of her mermaiding. And some may say, What and you know what? I'm gonna throw it back to Tony. Some may say, What is mermaiding and how did you and, and how. How about you share with us how it gives you so much joy in spite of everything? So-, so I on swim team and water polo, I have always
0: been a water baby, always loved the water. Um On bed rest, I found the mermaid world and I'm like, oh my God, there's like adult, like you can do this. And if it would not have been for the stroke and everything, I would not have been on bed rest and watching all this and realized life is too short. I don't care that I'm 30. I started when I was 32. So it wasn't right after my stroke. And I really want to preface. I really just wanted to do it to just sit in the mermaid tail. And I sat on the edge of my pool and just moved my legs. And it was really rehab, just moving my legs. Um, And then the first time I went to swim in it, I, of course, almost drowned and it was not pretty. And I literally, <laughs> you guys like stood up and just tears streaming down my face. And I did What I used to do a lot, it's because of my, my brain's different and everything's wrong. And then I looked down at my mermaid tail and I laughed. (laughs) You're not a flippin' mermaid. Of course this wasn't going to be like some movie, like you're just going to freaking be like Ariel and go off and be beautiful. Like, no, it's going to take work. So what it was is something brand new. I could not say it was like this before. I was never Tawny the mermaid before. I never (laughs) swam. So I cannot say it is supposed to be different. It's supposed to be difficult because it's something brand new. So I'm sure it's not mermaiding for you, but maybe you decide you want to make soaps or candles. If you notice a lot of people are getting hobbies because you're realizing I need to use my brain in a different way. I need to make new neural pathways and connections and doing those things in a different way helps me with so many things. My depression, my anxiety, my coordination, my balance. It's just my therapy in a fun, magical way.
1: So that's going to be our challenge for this week, y'all, since, again, we're going to be talking about how can we support this stroke community over the next couple of weeks. So our challenge for this first session, as we just made off the top of our head, with patience is trying to figure out something, a new part, a new project, a new hobby that we can adapt this patience in our life. It's also going to help us adapt this patient with having with our our uh, caretakers, and it's just going to give us a different outlook of what patients looks like. As Tani said, her frustration came like that is hilarious. What the hell you mean you're gonna drop you 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 went from two feet to one and said, and said and said I'm just gonna jump in here and be a mermaid. So. but. Because it was just she was pushing and challenging herself. That gave her a new sense of peace, but a new sense of patience at the same time. It's just not normal. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not supposed to be
0: easy. So maybe it's scuba diving or snorkeling. Like, just think of the first time you snorkeled. You probably went too far under the water and you got some water in the tubi and you sucked water in your mouth. Did you not? Everybody's done. It, okay, If you haven't snorkeled yet, go do it and tell me that you don't get some water in your mouth. And that's exactly what happened. That
1: is hilarious. So, So, yeah, I'm not going to say mine's not going to necessarily be mermaid, But definitely we're going to, when Tanya and I link again, which will be very soon, we're going to do a, well, fingers crossed, we're going to do a mermaid photo shoot. Not fingers crossed. I know I can do it with you. I know. So... Okay, y'all, that's what it's going to be. But definitely, I wanted to encourage y'all, stroke survivors, stroke community, loved ones, and caretakers. Pass this video alone. If you know anyone that is a caretaker for a stroke survivor that's dealing with the struggles and the frustration of how to truly communicate, how to effectively learn, how to help us love life again. So please share this with them. And we want to keep y'all encouraged. But this week, we want y'all to work on patience. Patience with yourself. Understanding that it takes a little time, and for our caretakers, have patience because they do understand you. It's just a different type of communication, and just give yourself give yourself patience. With understanding that this is new for you, just as this is a new task that they're learning how to live with. This is new for you, and we love y'all, and we will see y'all next week. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye love y'all Ooh. and
0: we will see y'all next week won't let me my map pad's not working to end this hold on sorry guys and that's a wrap